welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I'm really excited to preach this morning. I'm really excited that my husband asked me to bring the word, and and I take it with great weight, and, and I spend my preparation really asking the Holy Spirit what He wants to say, not what do I think is clever or what do I want to say, but what does He want to say to His people. So my prayer this morning is that your hearts would be tuned into His frequency and that you would hear what He wants to say, because He's always speaking. <clears throat> you can think of it like AM, FM, radio. He's always speaking, and, and let's just say He's AM, because He's first, um, and sometimes we're on FM and we're like, I, I've switched through every single dial and I can't find the voice of God. And we're just on the wrong frequency. And so my prayer this morning is that we would tune our hearts to the right frequency, that we would stop listening with our natural man and trying and striving with our outer man and start t- tuning our spirits into the voice of the Spirit as He wants to speak to us this morning. So let me pray for us and then we'll, we'll dive in. God, we love you so much, and we're so grateful for your presence. And Holy Spirit, we're so grateful that you love us and that you're in us and that you speak to us. Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross for us. Father, we know that you are a good father, and we want to hear what you have to say to your children this morning. So God, I pray that I would get out of the way and that you would speak, God, and that we would be tuned to you, um, and God, that we would just take a deep breath this morning and enjoy the rest of your presence, because there is rest where you are, God, and we can come in on a Sunday and celebrate in your house, and then we can sit under your word and just rest as we receive the goodness that you have for us. So it's in your holy name we pray, Jesus Christ, amen, amen. So I've been working a little bit on my plants outside, and if you know me at all, you know I love plants, and so the last few weeks have, me, have been me sort of trying to get into a rhythm, again, of taking care of all of the plants around my house, because what I noticed is that some of them had started to get a little wilty on the leaves, and our life has gotten a little bit busier and a little bit crazier, and so I just all of a sudden realized that I needed to turn my attention back to some regularity in watering and taking care of my plants. And the last time that we did this study, Planted and Flourishing, we actually used one of my fiddle leaf figs in the backyard for the imagery that Mallory shot um, to put up on the screens, and that plant is still alive. So, thank you very much. Um, but we, had, we were giving it some fresh soil. We were mixing in some new soil. And that's when we took the shots. And so, I just had this moment where God revealed to me how important it is that we're aware of the state of our lives and that we keep account of where we're at spiritually. And the, la- the first week, we talked about seeds being sown. And the second week, we talked about the soil um, and this is the text that is the core text for our, for our series. It's Psalm 92, and it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. So we've talked about seed, and we've talked about soil, which have been amazing, and the importance of making sure that the soil the seed goes into is alive with nutrients. 
And that it's not just left to become hard and old, but you're constantly mixing in and aware of what is happening in the kingdom of God and letting him live and move and work in your life. So we have seed and we have soil, but these two things are futile without water. So this week we're going to talk about water. And I think it's incredible because it's everywhere in our world. I need water to survive. When I look at my plants, my plants need water to survive. I like to go jump in the water. We live in a place surrounded by water. I like a nice, long, hot shower. Does anybody, like, go till the water runs out? (laughs) Sometimes I'm, like, mad if my kids want to get a bath at night because I'm like, well, there goes my water. (laughs) It's very selfish, and I let them get clean and stuff, but I do struggle internally with it a little bit. (laughs) Water is all around us. And I think if we can get this message that I'm going to bring today in our hearts, we will be constantly reminded because water is all around us. And I know I talked about my plants a minute ago. And you know what's so interesting about plants? If you don't consistently water them, if you don't give them a regular schedule and take care of them consistently, you might not actually notice for a while that they're dying. Because on the surface, the leaves stay green. But underneath, the roots are parched And a lot of times for you and I, somebody else might not notice that we're suffering under the surface of our lives because for a little while, our leaves will stay green. And by the time they start to wilt and by the time we start to show signs of dehydration and lack, it's too late because we're at the point where we're like in ICU mode. It's no longer add a little bit of water and they'll be okay. It's like we've got to start all over again because we've got to get everything taken out. We've got to bring this plant back to life. And what I would encourage you this morning to understand and to take in is that you need water. And we're going to talk about where water comes from, but you need it consistently, which is why being planted in the house of God is so important because you come consistently to the well. You come consistently to a source and you do it with people. And that is a God thing because yes, the source is in you. Yes, you have Jesus in your heart. There is a spring within you, but Jesus built his church for you and said, don't neglect meeting together. So you need consistent water. And that's why it's so important that as believers, we come together every week and have consistent water in our lives and down to our roots. And here's what water does for plants. Water helps the plant move nutrients from the soil. So you're in good soil. It helps the nutrients from the soil up through its stem and through its leaves. So the roots take it in, and it gets all into the plant, and then it goes out to the leaves. The only goodness you see in the leaves is from the water that's helped the soil nutrients get up through it. That's all a byproduct of what's happening underneath the surface. Water helps keep the plant moist, flexible, and helps the plant make its own food. So once the plant has enough water, it's not brittle, and it's not breaking if the wind blows. It's flexible with what happens in, an, in outer circumstances, they're hitting it on the surface. It's flexible. And then it be, begins to make its own food. So it be, in other words, it starts to produce something that's helpful for the people around it. So let's open our Bibles. We'll start here. John 4. We'll start in verse 9 through 14. The woman was surprised. And let me give you some context. Jesus has come into Samaria, and he's met a woman at the well And this woman has a past. Does anybody have a past in here? This woman has a past. 
And Jesus is asking her for a drink, and it's, it's not what would have been done in that day. She wouldn't have been worthy of him asking her, and she was shocked that he was. And this is where we're picking up. The woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? And he was, just by the way, greater Um, How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Isn't that beautiful? So here's a woman who had no business having this encounter with Jesus, so she thought, but she didn't know Jesus. She didn't understand who he was and what he meant, what it meant that he was there for her. And what she saw as a natural encounter was a spiritual overhaul of her life. And there's a couple of things before we get into the points that I just want to talk about. Number one the well was potentially a really anxious, stressful place for this woman because she had a past. And if you look at the text and you read a little bit of the backstory around it, it was likely that she was there during a time of day where most, most people weren't there. And if you've been a woman with a past and you're in a small community and your community knows a lot about your past, it's hard to go places where people are around you that know about you because you can tend to feel a little bit of guilt and shame. And you assume that people are saying things that they might not even be saying. And it can be really anxious for you to go to the well. But I love that Jesus encounters this woman. And he doesn't, he doesn't skim over her past. He doesn't pretend like it's not there because he knows it's a source of pain for her. He could have just not said anything, right? And that would have been more like less awkward for her. But that's not what Jesus says because he sees what's in us and he sees where we've been wounded or he sees where we've been and he wants to walk us through the process of healing from it instead of leaving it under the surface so it can dry out our roots. So here he talks to this woman, he talks about our past and he begins to remove the shame and guilt off of her to bring the sin, to bring the past into the light and to bring life to it to pour living water over it. And he reminds her that you don't have to carry shame and guilt anymore. You get to go and be the person that I've called you to be now. At the end of the passage, he said, your faith has made you well. Go and sin no more. So he shifts her whole life around in this scenario. But what I want us to take from it is if it's hard for you to come to this well If you think people know things or whatever, or it's just hard. Maybe people make you anxious. Maybe the enemy has like twisted something in your mind where it's just hard to come to church and it's a real hurt or it's a real pain or a real past. It makes it difficult for you. Or maybe you just get anxious around a lot of people. Can I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit speak into your life this morning about that? Because I don't want the enemy to rob one of us 
from the power of community together. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard. I'm not saying there's not a process that you walk through to get in community and to trust the people around you, but I'm saying it's worth it because Jesus built his church and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If he believed in it that much, then we can too. All right, number one, point number one, I need water. How good is water when you've like finished a workout, which I do all the time. I have been lately though, so again, well done me. (laughs) But how good is water when you've been in the sun or you've just finished exercising or you've done something where all you want is a drink of water and you take a cold sip of water and it's just like, oh, refreshing for your soul. It's just refreshing on every level, that moment where you almost pause and you rest and you partake in water that brings life back to you. I think we can all agree that we need water. I think about all the times I use water in a day. And we've always needed water from the beginning of time. In fact, in Genesis The Bible talks about the Garden of Eden, and if it was a flourishing garden on the earth, what did it need to flourish? Water. So it was in the beginning of creation, there was water helping things flourish. If you look back to Israel, when the Israelites were in the desert, wandering in the desert, waiting for their promised land, they were parched and thirsty, and there was nothing but dry ground and rocks around them. And they were like, Moses, where are we getting the water from? We're out here in the middle of nowhere. There's been manna. We're real thirsty, though, because how many of you know that when you eat bread, if you don't drink water, it is like, or saltines, you're just dying. Isn't that a challenge? Like, how many saltines can you eat? That's like a youth, youth house game waiting to happen. You guys have probably already done it. But the Israelites are parched in the desert, and this is what it says in Exodus 17. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And the water burst through the rock and went flowing down. We actually watched a documentary on this one time, and it was incredible, where they say that that site was that the rock burst open. The rock is huge, and then you look around it, and you can see where the water would have dug out like through the earth and left a place for the water to sit and flowed down to the millions of people in Israel. So they're in the desert with nothing, nothing. And how many times does it feel like we're in a desert sometime with nothing, But then you turn your heart to the Lord and you say, God, I don't have this thing that I desperately, desperately need. And I'm telling you that God will break a rock open and cause something to come out of it that was never meant to come out of it if it's what you need. Because that's what he does, because we need water and God is a God who provides all of our needs. So Israel, and then we go back to the Samaritan woman. She needed water, that's why she was at the well. And Jesus came to meet her. And yes, she was asking her for something. 
that she could potentially dip a bucket in and give him. And then he says, but let me tell you something, this place you have to come that causes you pain, not only am I going to send you away and tell you, you get to come back to this well differently next time because you don't have to carry any more shame and guilt, but he says, I'm also going to tell you about a spring of living water that's coming and that it's going to come from inside of you. And there was a time when the people could only connect with God through all of these sacrifices and there was laws and all of these things that kept us separated from God and only the priests could go before God and only Moses was encountering God and there was all of these things that kept us separate from relationship and Jesus was saying, there's going to be a time when you don't have to worship through that anymore. You're going to worship in spirit and truth, your spirit to my spirit, coming back how it was meant to be. And he was giving her this promise of you're parched, but I am the living water. And for us this morning, he's giving you a promise. You might be parched, but the source is in you when you have Jesus in your life. So point number one, I need water. Point number two, I need a well. So Jesus is the source. He's this, he's this undercurrent flowing in our lives, moving and working all across the earth. But he's given us a gift in the Holy Spirit, and he's given us a source, and he's given us his church, and we need a well. So you need to tap into the source. The woman looked at Jesus, and she's like, you don't have a bucket. How are you going to get water out of the well? You know, she's like thinking, this thing is deep. You don't, what, are you, what are you going to use? You're saying you're going to give me water. Thanks. You don't have a bucket. And he's like, I am the bucket. I am the water. You know, and we think about a well. Yes, the well is inside of us. Yes, the well is in us. But this is the well. This is where we commune together. If you look at it in two senses, yes, the well is in you. But yes, this is the well as well. Wow, that's a lot of wells. <laughs> This is important. And like I said at the start, Jesus built his church. It was his idea. And he built it on the back of a man who just said yes. And he's building it on, the, on, on men and women who will just say yes. And it is valuable to be around other believers. Iron sharpens iron. So as one man sharpens another. It's a beautiful thing to understand how this community can work. It's painful to be in community. Because even if you've, if you've been in a relationship, or especially in marriage, you tend to highlight each other's, like, whoopsies, because you're just around each other all the time. And even in marriage and relationship, you have to learn how to live together and how to let each other sharpen one another. And it's the same thing in this community, you have to learn to live with each other. And you have to learn to, to take the idea of offense and going, okay, this scenario happened. I could be offended or I could say, that person's hurting. So instead of offense, I'm just going to pray into it. Or instead of, you know, taking what I see in somebody else that's broken, that's highlighted something that's broken in me, I'm going to just turn my gaze towards the Father. I'm going to dip into the source. I'm going to let him start healing what's in me. And then I'm going to come back to my community well and just dump out the bucket of what God did in my life. And that's community. It's like we're, nobody's perfect. We're all going to mess it up. But we're going to stick together, and we're going to keep coming to the source together. And we're going to be so filled up from the source during the week that we come out together, and we're like, here's my bucket. 
How beautiful is that? And then the water's just flowing out into the streets because there's so much. So we need a well. It's important that we don't get isolated. Um, and just we just happened to come across this video, Maisie and Maddie and I, one day when we were in the house this week. And it was kind of one of those, we were watching BBC Earth on Netflix. And it just like, you know how it rolls, just like goes to the next thing. But it's safe on BBC Earth because it's like a kitten documentary or something next. And so we're like watching, I don't know what, and it rolls into this whale documentary. And so then we're like locked in and fascinated. Has that ever happened to you when you're like, I don't even know why I'm watching this? But it's this mother gray whale and, a, and its baby, its cow, I think they're called. Not like a, you know. Anyways, whatever they're called. And what has happened is there's a pod of orcas that are like attacking the baby. And the whole thing is like you can't look away because it's so awful, but it's so like... It's nature, right? So the, the way that they're like, it's, their, it's like precision attack by these orcas to take out this baby. And the mother just won't let the orcas get between her and the baby. Never. It's like hours and hours, I mean hours of just these nonstop attacks to try to separate the baby from the mother. And the mother was laying on its back at one point, holding the baby on its stomach, pushing it up so that it could breathe and getting it out of the water. And it was so beautiful. And, and this is like the longest documentary ever. So I'm like, just tell us that the, that the baby doesn't make it. Just tell us. Like, you know, it's, just, it's so long. And I wanted it to be over so much. And we just kept watching and watching and watching. And then at the very end, they tell us, turns out the mother gets the baby close enough into the shallows of the shore that the orcas quit the attack. And the baby lives. I mean, like, I thought for sure it was a goner. <laughs> but the, the, the baby whale, it makes it. And it just hit me. How important is it that we don't get isolated? Because if that baby had been isolated for one minute, it would have been gone. It would have been over. And how important that we remember that God says that there is nothing that can separate us from his love. But also that we need each other. You and I need each other. We can't get isolated. You can't end up on your own somewhere because that's when you get taken out. You stick together, and even if the fight lasts hours, if the fight lasts years, if the fight, you don't know when it's going to end. If you're together, you're going to make it through. Amen? Point number three. (laughs) I need the way. So I need water, I need a well, and I need the way. And Jesus told us very clearly in John 14, 6, that that's what he is. He said, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through me. So maybe you found yourself at the well and none of this makes a lot of sense and you're just missing the bucket. Can I tell you the, the way, the way to draw water from the well, that refreshing life getting, giving water, the way you, you're in healthy community is you need a bucket. You need the water and that's Jesus. And he's the only way to access that kind of life, the life to the fullest that we were created for, you and I. And this is what Jesus did 
He left us with a gift. When he went back to heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father, he left you and I with a gift. And it was this gift that was intended to help us navigate our whole lives. So it's really, really important for you and I that we understand the gift that he left us because it's like the decoder of everything for you and I as we walk out our lives together and is the Holy Spirit. We are called to live by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit tells you what to do with the word that you receive. So he is living inside of you as a believer And he's decoding the what do I do with this word that's come. When I open the Bible, what do I do with this? You have to have relationship with the Holy Holy Spirit in order to walk that out. This is why I know it's true. It says, in 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 16, it says, No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we don't use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. So all the things that you hear on a Sunday morning or when you open up your Bible during the week, the Spirit will help you interpret because it's your spirit responding to God's spirit. And I heard Bill Johnson one time in a message, he talked about People that come in, they say, you know, I don't know how to hear God's voice. I just don't, I don't hear his voice. Tell me, tell me what I'm supposed to do. And he talks about getting on his knees and praying about something and feeling like he just wasn't getting anything from God. And so he prayed and prayed and waited for God. And then he gets in his car and he goes off to drive somewhere. And as he's driving, he just feels like the word drops in his spirit, the answer for everything he was praying And then he talks about, subsequently, how when he had been praying, it was like his natural man was was waiting for the answer. He was listening with these ears and looking with these eyes and going, God, show me, like, I want to hear you. When God is spirit and he speaks to our spirit, you and I are spirit at the end of the day. Your spirit is what responds in worship, not your brain. You taste and see You don't look in delight. You taste and you see that the Lord is good. And your spirit responds to his spirit speaking to you. And that's a source that we have to tap into as believers. There is no other option for us. You can't live a life to the full, the life that God has for you without understanding how to respond to his spirit in you. You can't. And so if you feel like you have, I want to encourage you this morning. You don't have to live that way anymore. Because when you say yes to Jesus, his Holy Spirit comes to live in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. 
And he's going to help you say yes every time God asks you to do something. He's going to help you understand the things that you read when you open the word of God. But, but it's good to ask him. If you don't understand something, it's good to say, what do you think about this, God? What do you think about this, Holy Spirit? If you found yourself wounded, it's good to say, what do you think about this, God? What do you want to do with this? What am I believing here? Because this doesn't sound like you. And let him speak to you about it. Because you have a God that wants to be involved in your every day, in your every moment. He wants to pour out his spirit on you. He wants to give you dreams and visions. He wants you to be a vibrant part of his house. But there's an enemy that wants the opposite for you. And that's just whatever. He's whatever he is. You just keep saying yes to God and that'll take care of that. Okay? So I want to encourage you this morning. Number one, you need water. Number two, you need a well. And you have to have a way. And Jesus is the way. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute but let me just um, I just want to take a minute and, I, and I'd love to pray for you and then what's going to happen is our um, our ministry team's going to come down to the front excuse me and they're just going to be available for you to come down and have them pray over you and the reason that we do that is because we want you to have a space you can actually come and just talk with somebody and say, this is what I'm going through. And whether or not you just need to ask for prayer for some shame and guilt to come off so you, you don't carry that every time you come around and you don't feel like that's your MO, this is who I am. That's not who you are. So if you just want somebody to pray over you, that that stuff is just going to lift. Or if you just need somebody to pray over something that's happening in your world, if it's sickness, and literally anything, but one specific thing I want to encourage you. If you feel like you don't hear the voice of God and you need the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to hear the Holy Spirit, you need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit so that you can live out your days the way that you're called to in a full, abundant life, I want you to come down. And I want you to trust these people to pray for you because it's not weird. It's not like, it's not even that massive of a thing. We all need prayer. I would come down every week because I always have things that I need prayer for in my life. This isn't, this isn't you saying I'm really messed up. You're like, oh, there goes that person again. They got it rough. That's not what this is. This is community. This is coming to the well. So why don't we stand together? Our team's going to come up. Thanks, Timmy. Our team's going to come up in just a second. They're going to start leading us in worship. And ministry team, would y'all could just come down now? And um, just so you guys know who they are, can you just put your hand up if, you're, if you can pray for some people? Just raise your hand really high. See all these hands, all these hands. Plenty of people that can come down and, and pray for you. So please, please come. And, and if that's not you, pray for somebody who's down here from where you are, you know, or 
just worship your heart out over them, hey? Come on, let's worship. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.